Well, hello, hello, sweetie darlings. This is T with Burning Tarot. If you want to see pictures or check out the little blog that this uh, podcast is posted onto, you can go to tiffanyleebrown.com. That should be in the episode notes or whatever on the podcast as well. But I've had some inquiries as to like, where's the picture? When I refer to the pictures of our tarot cards, that's where they are. You just go go to tiffanyleebrown.com. You'll see a link that says Burning Tarot Podcast. And it just lets you scroll through all the episodes. And there's usually a picture of the card, maybe a, you know, bonus nature photo, etc. You can also buy yourself a fine tarot reading there. Uh, or an astrology reading. Long wait time on the astro because I do a lot of research on those and I just kind of have a backlog. Um, But for tarot readings, the wait is not very long right now. Okay, I'm going to make a funny noise here because I'm, uh, I didn't bring the wind sock. So we're using just this kind of rag, this little cloth. We're going to wrap it around the mic. You might hear buzzing in the background. That's the, that's the sound of the country out here in the country in the Willamette Valley of Oregon. I am where I grew up. I am out in the country and things change out in the country, just like in the city. We get the climate changing and we get new neighbors. And nowadays the fashionable thing to do is to buy a chunk of land out here and uh, knock down all the trees put in a track to race your dirt bikes on and uh, manufacture devices for turning semi-auto weaponry into full auto. Yep, that's what the neighbors are doing over there. So if you hear a bunch of obnoxious noise in the background, that's the sound of country life. We've got nature here too, of course. Usually here on the Burning Tarot podcast, we pull some cards and wander around in the central Oregon area. We walk along the Deschutes River. We wander in Deschutes National Forest. And that's dry territory. Over here on the western side of the Cascade Mountains, we are having an insanely gorgeous spring and early summer. Everything is bursting with green. There are huge vines of poison oak green 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 swimming climbing up the pine trees and the dug fir trees and the oaks and there are little flowers all around some of them flowers that didn't grow here when i was a little girl decades ago things change and that's why we use tarot and astrology and have our little podcasts and find ways to communicate with each other uh, because change is hard. Change is hard. Harder for some than for others. Personally, I'm a Taurus. That's a fixed earth sign. So the Taurus people are not notorious for being super great and easy with change. We're like, oh my God, the thing is changing. What am I going to do? Thanks to all of you who uh, donated to my fundraiser, which turned from a fun, happy birthday fundraiser into an, oh my gosh, I'm in a family emergency and I can't work very much. (laughs) Do you want to give me some change fundraiser? But everybody's being very nice, speaking of change. 
and I really appreciate it. And I don't know the financial situation uh, that I'm trying to sort out for my family. And it's just one of those emergency things. Doing the podcast and doing your individual readings is a wonderful respite for me from this really relentless work, 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 intense emotional work as well. Very intense. And, um, and driving. You know, if I, if I have to drive over the pass if I want to see my family and my old life before I come back here. So it is really beautiful. The weather's gorgeous. It's, you know, 70, 80 degrees in the day. Blue skies, green, green, explosions everywhere. And you might hear in the background, you hear that? That, dun, dun, dun. that's a woodpecker. It's a large one. I've forgotten the name of it. It's the one that, that we usually mispronounce its name. The big one, bigger than we have in our little forest in, in my area back in central Oregon. Hi, cutie. That thing's working hard. It's like bashing into the wood. Ah, gorgeous day. So I drew some cards for us, right? That's what we're supposed to do on the Burning Tarot podcast. So let's do it. Uh, if you look at the photo, I mentioned pictures. Well, there is a photo. And um, the, uh, the photograph shows three cards. I felt like I needed a three-card pull this week. And I photographed it. This is a special insider joke for those of you who are on the well. I photographed it next to an oak tree with lots of puffballs on it. <laughs> Get it? Puffball? Um, and for some reason, some of the oaks around here are exuding humongous numbers of puffballs this year. Not the kind that are on the leaves that have the little sort of fairies inside, the little white things, but the big giant um, ones that end up being kind of like, I don't know, wood and cardboard that falls to the ground. Sort of that's the texture. All right, we are descending into the woods and let me tell you about these three cards. So this is kind of a three-card progression for us to take with us into the next week. We start with uh, not, a, not a traditional tarot card. So if you're a regular listener, you know that we often refer to and use the Smith Rider Weight or RWS or Smith Weight tarot deck. That's the one that kind of got the hubbub all started in the early 20th century. And the illustrator is Pamela Coleman Smith, a.k.a. Pixie. And she was the only woman on the team, and she went uncredited on the name of this deck for many, many decades. This deck that spawned a tarot revolution and thousands of other card decks. So there's a centennial edition of the Smith Rider Weight. That's one we use. And the centennial... Oh, I have to stop for a moment and tell you the blackberries have taken over. Himalayan blackberry, not native to this area. When I was a little girl, there was none of it in this little part of the valley. Now there's just tons of it. 
but it's pretty. It's got big flowers and it'll have good berries later for us and for the bears. All right, so we're talking about Pixie. So this centennial edition of the deck includes your regular traditional tarot stuff, which is 78 cards. Some of them are divided into suits for like your minor arcana, similar to a playing card deck with like your um, your royals and your ace through ten. Then there's additionally to that the major arcana, which are big, important, special cards in their own progression. And they're numbered 0 through 21 in a typical deck. There is a burning tarot deck of my own creation, which has 23 cards in that section of, of the uh, tarot. But that's just a little 23 thing, and we don't always have to do that. So yeah, you get your Centennial, Smith Rider Weight, and there's these 78 <clears throat> usual tarot cards. But there's also four extra cards. If you've ever been in the business of designing things, graphic design, sending them to print, uh, then you'll understand that, you know, for printing purposes, you might end up with like four extra cards, <laughs> how, depending how many cards are up per sheet that you're printing. So they had some extra space, basically, and they decided to put in um, four of Pixie's other illustrations. Illustrations that were made for poems, the equivalent of zines of the time. Um, illustrations that were made for programs for theater. Well, hi, bird. You hear that one? Oh, there's lots of birds out here. So four of Pixie's illustrations are just kind of randomly included in there to be like, hey, isn't this cool? Kind of like getting bonus tracks on a, on a new release of the CD back when people still bought CDs. And I use them in readings. I keep those four cards in there with the regular tarot cards. And I just read them, just like you would read anything else. When one of these pops up, I think the first thing that's important to acknowledge is that this, this card represents a fulfillment of the feminine. It represents acknowledging the feminine, giving the feminine its due. Because Pixie, Pamela Coleman-Smith, went all those decades without her name on this tarot deck. And these things that we have now, like people not calling it the Rider Waite anymore, people calling it the Smith Waite or the Smith Rider or whatever, Rider Waite, Rider Waite Smith, I mean, uh, and, you know, celebrating Pixie's work in a centennial edition of the card deck. These are all ways that basically we're kind of trying to make up for uh, not just an oversight, but... Uh, a bunch of sexist bullshit. This happens to women all the time. We do it to ourselves and each other. And certainly in a patriarchal society, it kind of gets done at us and to us. Our contributions are not acknowledged. Our name isn't on the final product. And our wild creativity 
is co-opted by others. And you know what? That happens to guys sometimes too, of course. And to people who don't uh, identify with any particular gender at all. But in general, you know, if there's an oppressed people, they're the ones who are not going to get their due when they've made something beautiful, when they've made something wonderful. So that's happened to people of color, LGBTQ people, and to women, 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 forever. So I think that when we draw one of these special pixie cards in this special centennial edition of the deck, we're we're really being asked to stop and honor. Honor the divine feminine honor the act of creation and femininity runs through all of us it's not reserved for people with uteruses or people who identify as women and have a uterus or used to have a uterus whatever it's not really about what what biology we're dragging around with us you know i know i think the biology and the hormones can be very relevant to what we experience for sure and there is a special thing that women with uteruses and other apparatus can do in terms of creativity that others cannot, right? The birthing of babies. But the overall vibe, the energy of what femininity is, that's open to everybody. And Pixie was, you know, kind of a... (laughs) She was kind of a daring, adventurous, devilish character. She was out there doing all kinds of crazy stuff and having loads of fun. And so when we pull one of these cards, we're pulling that really fun and worldly aspect of the feminine creative. It's not just confined to having the babies and staying at home. So that's what we've drawn today as our first card. It shows, um, and here we are with the mother and child imagery some more. It shows a mother. Um, with her hand on a child's shoulder. They are both draped in white. They are Caucasian-looking people, white-looking people. And they're kind of uh, looking off-card. They're looking onto a stage or onto some kind of event, just like, whoa, did you hear that? I was going to say, just like I'm looking out, Holy crap! It's a... Is that a giant owl? Whoa! And it's making... It's a little screecher. It's it's not hooting. It's screeching. Hello there, owl. In some traditions, especially some indigenous American traditions, this would be bad. Bad sign. Owl's bad. I'll go with the Twin Peaks version. The owls are not what they seem. Or you could look at it as a positive omen of an incredibly smart predator, hunter, showing up in the middle of the daytime, talking to you, telling you what's what, inspiring you with wisdom, getting strategic with your sort of Athena vibe. And making that incredible noise. Wow. 
Well, thank you for sharing this wild moment with me, you guys. Huh. You hear it? Oh, so you guys tell me what you think the owl is trying to say. You can reach me at burningtarot at gmail.com. Seriously. Uh, I'm dealing with a whole bunch of stuff, so your interpretations would be welcome. Oh, it's coming back. So, Pixie, we have the mother and child. They're looking out over something. The child's arms are out, so it's delighted, and it's the mom is bent down on the ground. <clears throat> uh, their heads are wreathed. So there's a moment of beauty that they're sharing. And I think the kid wants something. The kiddo has his arms out, their arms out. I think they want to grasp something. There's some nice water behind them and a strange stone wall. Blue sky with white puffy clouds and a little tree overhead. And it's just the mom who's wreathed. I was wrong. And there's some little white birds nearby. So maybe this child is reaching for flight, is reaching for one of these birds, wants something for its own. I think the mother is cautioning the child, letting him know that she's there, but also keeping him from running like into the lake if, if his desire for whatever he's holding his hands out for, if his desire is too much and would put him in danger or might endanger a little bird or whatever it is that we can't see, whatever's kind of off stage in this picture. The mother looks very wise. She has black hair, the wreath and flowers around her head. She looks serene. The kid is grinning. So this is a time where, time where, time when? This is a time for being careful with our desires, for helping ourselves and perhaps others around us corral and restrain certain desires. We have the option to listen to the motherly voice over our own shoulders. The positive maternal, maybe that's in interior, or maybe that's a parental introject, a voice in your mind that, that sounds like your own parent. Maybe they've passed that idea of what they would say when they're in a loving mood, when they're caring for you and protecting you. And sometimes we just play that role for ourselves. Hello, small self. Please don't get us in too much trouble. Remember how much love is here. Remember how much love there is and, and how we can't just jump in and do everything that we sort of instinctively want to do. We can't buy everything we want to buy. We can't grab onto everything we want to grab. It doesn't work. There is a degree of discipline and maturity required for our lives to work. And that can be a drag. <laughs> if you've ever dealt with somebody who has mental issues or you've dealt with a toddler, then you know there's some part of us that just wants to go, go, go. Uh, 
I have bipolar disorder, as I've mentioned on this before. So that means I'm experienced with something called mania. And when there's a manic or hypomanic episode going on, somebody like me, we're typically going to be like this little kid. We're going to be trying to run out there and grab everything. And maybe we're not going to be keeping very good track of our checkbook, of our bank balance, of how much we owe on our credit cards. Or we're not going to be paying attention to whether our actions are harmful to other people or ourselves. And so this is a, this is a time for taking that moment. Doing it for ourselves, possibly for others in our lives. And it's inspiring to see this image of this woman who's not being all kind of crabby and shrewish about everything, which is often, that's the picture that we get of an effective mom in our culture or a strong woman who's saying no. We're like, wah, we don't like her. She's crabby. How dare she? Even when she's very well-intentioned and sometimes absolutely correct. You know, (laughs) there's just no question about it. Mom's right. You shouldn't run into traffic. You shouldn't capture a bird squish it in your hands so we might be called upon to find our our inner good mom to work magic on our lives this week and we might be called upon to um, perform that function for somebody else too Uh, and it's you know it's a nice card it's very pretty these guys love each other you can just tell So there's a lot of love, but there's restraint. Love with restraint. Restraint as applied through love. And a screech owl in the middle of it. So that's kind of where we set sail this week. Uh, You might also, if none of that resonates with you, you might think about any area of your life in which you are the grasping little kid. And maybe you need some help from your inner disciplined mom or maybe somebody on the outside of you that could help you it might be a time when you say huh am I being reasonable am I being safe enough am I endangering others am I just being kind of greedy and childlike (laughs) maybe I need to chill out so we can we can inhabit both of those roles or either of them and as we do that we will be moving into a time uh, where we might We've got the uh, Nine of Cups up next. So we're starting to reach a point where we really might start feeling happy and satisfied. Up here in the Northern Hemisphere, where a lot of our listeners are, um, you know, solstice has happened just now. And, uh, you know, we're at the the height of Midsummer Madness, and we want to lay around and, you know hang out by the lake or the river or the ocean have a few beers you know whatever it is you do for fun there's that that feeling of like oh it's finally sunny again and I deserve this you know I deserve to have some wonderful time um totally encourage you to have a wonderful time but when the nine of cups comes up uh, there's often an indicator that you got to watch your, um, your drinking, usually. I mean, it's quite literal. There's like 
kind of a satisfied looking, perhaps a little overweight dude, you know, sitting there with his nice hat. There's all these cups around, goblets full of fine wine. So it's a nice position to work from. But then you got to just remember, if you overdo it, and this card does suggest you might be tempted to overdo it. For some of you, that won't be alcohol, but whatever your vice is, that's nice in small amounts, you know, like, hey, I'm going to have some CBG. That was helpful. But do I have to get all baked? <laughs> Probably not. So this card both uh, suggests that we're going to want to celebrate, if not party with others, at least with ourselves or our close loved ones. Um, and then just like has that little warning, which we also carried that over from the first card. Don't be too grasping. Don't be too greedy. Don't be too drinky. Don't be too out of control. Wouldn't be good right now. But do take care to enjoy this beautiful summer. Where that's all heading, and again, this is just like a one week, maybe 10 day reading. So we're having fun, but we're keeping an eye on ourselves. We are helping ourselves and others uh, not get involved in things we regret, perhaps. And where does that take us? It takes us to our third card, the magician. Magician is card number one in the major arcana. So that's that big cycle I mentioned earlier. Uh, some would say, well, this is card number one. So, and some would say, well, it's actually the second card because the first card is card number zero, the fool. I really have no opinion on that matter. I don't really care. can do whatever. But the numerical actual number printed on the card is card number one in, I think, in every deck I've ever looked at. That's, they might not always call it the magician. He might be the mage or the this or the that. But um, yeah, so that's your magician. So this fella, and I believe that it probably is uh, meant to be a male person. In the Major Arcana, this card is followed by card number two, which is the High Priestess, which has a specifically feminine connotation. So, you know, then, yeah. So, I believe that the Magician is generally meant to be red male, and I'm going to go with that today. So, uh, yellow background on this card, bright yellow. In the foreground, we have a lot of flowers, the red roses and white lilies that you might be familiar with if you've seen Pixie's illustrations. And of course, there's symbolic value to that. Um, and there are red roses up above. Ooh, and there's bear scat right there. Look at that. Maybe I should take a picture of the cards with the bear poop. So, hello bears. Don't eat me. Um, yeah, so he's performing his activities under the rose. Sub rosa, red roses above. So there's a lot of esoteric symbolism that you are welcome to play with. Uh, there, the magician is holding up his right hand with a wand, a double-tipped wand. He's got an infinity symbol above his head. His right hand is pointed towards the ground. I'm sorry, left hand pointed toward the ground. He's wearing a white robe with a red robe over it. 
On the table in front of him, we see a golden chalice, right? Cups. We see a coin, big old pentacle. We see a sword. And we see one end of a staff, as in the suit of wands. So, uh, and he's depicted as a young man, um, and there's a, a band over his forehead. So what does this mean for us? Well, one thing the magician really does is manifest stuff. The magician suggests that we are ready to uh, show off something that we've been working on. We are ready to try something new, perhaps as well. This is a bold card. The magician is saying, I can work with the four elements, the building blocks of the universe, to create stuff, to make stuff happen. I, am, I know enough to do it well. I'm right. I'm going to channel the powers of the universe for infinity. And I'm going to ask them to do what I want. And or I'm going to put on a pretty good show. So think some esoteric folks would have this card be solely about, you know, our actual evolution as true deep magic practitioners and our balancing and channeling of the four elements and, you know, magical workings, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, good time for practicing magic. But it is also important to know that this card, um, it also speaks to the kind of sophistry and showmanship of like stage magic. It speaks to illusion. So uh, given what the other cards are in our reading today, uh, this would not be a good time for us to get caught up in our own bullshit, believe our own, maybe not lies, but our own sort of invented narratives about how cool we are and how fascinating our projects are. Um, it is a good time to make stuff happen. But just if you are performing for an audience, if you're performing your power as opposed to just quietly owning it, you know, let yourself know that. Write it down in your diary so that you don't forget and think that you're just all pure magic and workings and you know don't get tangled up in your own illusions uh, some hubris can come along with this card that can land people in trouble so you know can you can you get maximum awesomeness out of the magician without taking it too far and screwing things up I think so yes it's a fun and powerful and useful card it brings a, uh, a lot of power, kind of concentrated, concentrates it in one place. Um, and, and as with any kind of power, you want to be careful how you wield it. We want to use it, but we don't want to hurt others with it, hurt ourselves with it. You know, and we really don't want to, um, yeah, we don't want to drink too much, get in trouble, make up a lie about it. <laughs> this week offers us a lot of pleasure, manifestation, and possibility. So 
we want to use that wisely, I think. That will be my goal. I, I hope I get to that pleasure part. That sounds pretty great. <laughs> and when we're, doing, when we're doing the magics and when we're working with the magician energy, it's really important to remember that the power doesn't come from us. You know, we're just... Ah, we're like a lightning rod. You know, we're not the lightning. And the successful magician knows that and is able to do something exciting with lightning besides just, you know, get struck by lightning and die. <laughs> um, the, the successful magician is rolling with it. And you might experience that power as something internal. Um, you might think of it as an external being, an entity such as God. Uh, or multiple gods and goddesses. Uh, and you might think of it as simply nature. Literal lightning. The incredible power of Gaia and the earth. And you can, you know, you can be like me and flit around between all those different ideas of where these powers are coming from. Uh, but it is important to remember that even if you're, you become very good at wielding them, they belong to themselves and they may have their own agendas at certain times and we shouldn't be too cocky whether our power takes the form of some kind of magical working or we have money which is a big source of power in our particular culture um, or we have certain skills in education it's another way of having power maybe we're good at manipulating people there's another power but all of that is, you know, if we start get, getting very cocky and prideful and imagining that those things belong to us, we worked so hard for them, or our parents did, you know, therefore we deserve this and that, it gets, uh, gets tricky. And the magician card will sometimes be the setup for, like, the fall, <laughs> like, okay, you're so proud, you're doing all the things, and then, you know, you take a little too much credit for everything, and your next card pull a couple weeks from now might be like, uh-oh, you know, guess I kind of forgot to give gratitude, to be thankful, to share credit. So if you're working on any uh, collaborative projects, that would be an example of, of just in everyday life, um, if you forget to consult with your partner before you make a major purchase, if you forget to, um, when you're on stage accepting an award for your um, stewardship organization and you don't name everybody that was on the board of directors of your nonprofit, you know, just those little simple things, those are all ways of acknowledging, oh, this isn't just about me. Um, or when you see people get, like, they win the Oscar, they win the Grammy Award, and they get up there, kind of Michael Jackson. I want to thank God. And you can roll your eyes, but at least it's coming from that place of recognition that, that this godlike talent is running through them and deserves the credit. They're just the lightning rod. So, yeah, enjoy your uh, magician energy. Just make sure you're giving thanks for it and uh, sharing credit, giving credit where credit is due. 
And uh, speaking of which, I want to thank the universe for getting me through the last two weeks alive so far. And I want to thank all of you who've been supportive and sent me nice notes uh, or donated to the thingy or, you know, etc. It means a great deal. And I don't know if I've been thanking people properly because I've been in emergency mode and things have been really crazy. Uh, literally going crazy. <laughs> So I'm going to keep plugging away at it, and I'm going to keep pulling tarot cards because I enjoy doing this work for you, and I enjoy doing it for me too. It's like a healthy activity, and it's fun, and I love the cards. I want to thank the cards, by the way. If you're using cards, you might remember sometimes to thank them, that they are giving you this information to work with, giving you these images. Oh, sorry, dropped the thingy. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank Pixie. Pamela Coleman-Smith has been departed for a long time, but she's all kinds of awesomeness. And I want to thank Mary Kay Greer, who writes about Pixie and um, has helped inspire me more about Pixie over the years. All right, so there you go. There's your little lecture from T from Burning Tarot. <laughs> Sorry about this wind. I dropped my wind cover. Um... Burningtarot at gmail.com. Drop a note if you would be so kind. Or pop over to my website, tiffanyleebrown.com. And much love to y'all. Bye.